Hey, everybody, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Preacher Boys podcast. I make this show for you, and I hope that you really enjoy it. I have a lot of people that ask me how they can support the show financially, and you can do that by heading over to patreon.com slash preacherboys. You're going to get access to exclusive content, including early releases of episodes. I've got a couple episodes right now that have been released at least a month early over on Patreon. You've got access to things like unique merch, depending on what tier you join, and you get access to some behind-the-scenes content that I'm posting within the group. So head over to patreon.com slash preacherboys and become a member over there today. Every single supporter helps make this show a little bit more possible, especially as I continue to add additional episodes and content every single week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's get back to the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Trigger warning. This podcast contains descriptions of various abusive situations. Listener discretion is advised. You are listening to the Preacher Boys Podcast, a podcast shedding light on decades of mental, physical, and sexual abuse within the independent fundamental Baptist movement. The testimonies shared on this podcast are told from the personal experience and perspective of the survivors. Not all legal outcomes are known or final. Any suspect is presumed innocent until proven guilty in the court of law. Now, here is your host, Eric Skwarzynski. An investigative report commissioned by the Southern Baptist Convention says top leaders of the church group mishandled sexual abuse allegations for years. Welcome back to today's episode of the Preacher Boys podcast. I am joined today by Dominic and Megan Benninger. They last came on the show about nine months ago, and in the show, they talked about the abuser database they were creating for the Southern Baptist Convention called BaptistAccountability.org. At the time of our conversation, they said they were creating it because, quote, no one else was doing it. Well, in recent days, we've realized that not only was the Southern Baptist Church creating a list of abusers within their denomination, They were keeping it a complete secret in order to protect their churches. A 204-page report was released that included the names of several people that had been documented by the SBC but kept private. We're going to talk about this revelation, all of the news reports that have been coming out, and where Dom and Megan hope things go next, as well as how you can support their mission over at BaptistAccountability.org. Their last episode is one of the most downloaded episodes of the Preacher Boys podcast to date, and I think through our conversation, you'll understand why. They're incredible people with an incredible mission. Let's get into today's conversation with Dom and Megan Benninger. We first talked nine months ago, uh, and you said that you started your abuser database because nobody was doing it. Um, I was listening to the episode, and I kind of laughed when I listened to that part, because not only were people keeping track of abusers in the SBC, they were keeping the list private to protect the SBC. So um, yeah, I think it was a kind of a timely episode. It's interesting listening back, knowing what we know now. Like for, first and foremost, I just have to ask, you've been putting together a database independently of the SBC for this long. What was your reaction to the news that the Southern Baptist Convention has been keeping track of predators within the SBC? Like what's your reaction? What's your feeling right now? <laughs> um, I don't even know where to start with this Curious because it's rage. <laughs> I mean, you name it, all the feelings, mostly oh. anger of all sorts and levels. And yeah. 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 I mean, this is something that has literally been consuming our life for, you know, we've been live now for just over two years. It's it's been so all consuming, just 
inputting data, maintaining data, you know, interacting with survivors and things like this, all of this stuff. And to hear, you know, in the SBC's uh, report, you know, they were leaning into a, a database that was maintained by, I think it was the state of Texas as early as 2004, mm-hmm. and that the EC had their own database um, that, that they'd been using from, I think it was between 2007 to 2022, if my uh, memory serves me. So all of the information that they had that they would not share, you know, forced other people, yourself included, right, yeah. to try and document some of this stuff. About, about two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It, and, and the sick, it, it's just so sick. Yeah. I mean, there's the disregard for this, for children. It, yeah. it just, yeah, it, it, it's it's what's infuriating to me because what what's interesting about the report is reading through it, you know, and I I mean I think you've expressed this as going through this. I've expressed this, you know. Um, I was watching an interview with Ashley Easter from 2019 with ABC uh, when the uh, I think it was the Houston article first dropped detailing a lot of abuse, and in her interview she said survivors have known about this for years. Like advocates have been talking about this for years. Um, I myself knew about the abuse going on in the Southern Baptist Convention for years. The leaders of the Southern Baptist Convention knew about this abuse happening for years. That's 2019. I listened to our interview with the same network, you know, this last week. And she said, survivors and advocates have known about this for years. None of that was a surprise to you. Not only did survivors and advocates know this for years, but pastors, leaders in the Southern Baptist Convention knew this for years and purposely tried to hide these details. And I think the part that makes me the angriest about this list, yes, the abuse that's detailed, but that's not particularly surprising at this point. No. Like we we know that that's there. So it's not a, it's a consistent rage that's been carrying on for a couple of years. What's frustrating now is you're seeing people like Albert Moeller, you're seeing people like J.D. Greer, you're seeing people that are, you know, coming out and making these statements about what a shocking and disturbing read this oh. was. The, the president yeah. of the Southern Baptist Convention, you know, was talking about how, um, on a news news uh, report, he was talking about how um, these allegations were ignored, that they were pushed down. And when the reporter asked, you know, who was pushing these allegations down, he said, that's a question we're asking ourselves. Were these accusations ever brought to your attention? Well, the rumors were always out there that uh, these things were happening. There were several attempts made at our convention meetings to bring this to light. But they were very successfully pushed down, and and uh, and this report was long overdue. Uh, Southern Baptist asked for this, demanded this, and put in place uh, for myself as the new president to uh, appoint a task force that ultimately would hire the 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 firm to investigate. And then we had to go through an arduous process of removing all legal barriers so that that investigation would be thorough and complete. And I believe what we have is a revealing and a very rare revealing from the grassroots Southern Baptists to say what's really going on here. Now, you say rumors were swirling for a while, but were pushed down. So I have two questions there. Pushed down by whom? And if the rumors were swirling for a while, why did it take this long to bring them to the surface? Well, that's a that's a good question. We ask ourselves the same question. As I said, this is long overdue. But I say swirling people, victims and survivors would give testimony or they would say or or even our own messengers would bring resolutions over the years to try to address this issue. But it's a painful issue that's easy to set aside for people. There's still this kind of pushback to accountability. It wasn't me. It was right. above me. Right. So it wasn't my fault. Yeah, it was yeah. so see yeah. no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. You know, that whole trope. I knew about it, but it wasn't my responsibility to do anything about it. That's what, yeah. what we come up against all the time. Yeah. And that that mentality is exactly what got the SBC into this issue in the first place. Right. Is, right. oh, well, it's someone else's problem. We're just going to keep, you know, keep on trucking and someone has to deal with this. And it goes down to an individual level of everyone is responsible to to do something to speak out on this. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, and it's wild to the people. First of all, I don't, I don't buy, um, I don't buy that the president of the Southern Baptist Convention was completely caught off guard by this. Um, but, you know, when you're reading 
you know, the, the person who created the list, Augie Bodo, he's the guy that's in charge of putting this list together. And he's the one that was pushing heavily against there being a list put together in the first place. So like literally the people who are running these documents and, and trying to create these systems are the people that are pretty opposed to any kind of victim focused efforts whatsoever. You know, it's, 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 yeah, it, it's, it's hard to make sense of at all. Um, but it's, you know, like I said, the thing that's in, enraging is, you know, Albert Muller's, you know, the briefing on it, he puts aside all responsibility. He talks about, you know, God's wrath being shown on the SBC, you know, he's, he's actively protected people like CJ Mahaney, you know? So it's like, it's, there's, there's no clear, yes, we messed this up. <laughs> How did it go, go by for so long? Is because so much of this was in the darkness. But, you know, Tony, you asked the question. So I've got to tell you, the, the even greater tragedy is some of this was in the light. A lot of this should have been known. A lot of this was known. People, when they did know, did not respond rightly. They didn't they didn't speak on behalf and act on behalf of those who were the victims. Instead, they, uh, one way or another, uh, were complicit well, in bringing it up. Robert Jeffries, uh, the pastor of First Baptist Church of Dallas, he was apparently interviewed on Fox News yesterday, I believe, and I have not watched that yet, but I saw this put out on Twitter. He put out, watch my interview. This report is absolutely horrific. And look, I hope it's going to be a wake-up call for churches to adopt the kind of policy we have at First Baptist Dallas, and that's a zero-tolerance policy for abuse and harassment. And uh, at our church, we have mandatory background checks for everybody working with children, both volunteers and uh, staff members. We have mandatory reporting to law enforcement officers uh, if there's any sign of abuse whatsoever. These things don't guarantee an elimination of problems, but they will sharply diminish the problem. And Shannon, I know the argument. A lot of Southern Baptists say, well, our polity doesn't allow that. We can't have a denomination telling local churches what to do. And that's true. But I tell you who does have the authority to institute these reforms, and it's the members sitting in the pews. And I would encourage any of your viewers tonight who are a member of any church to demand that your church have safeguards in place to protect women and children in the church. The church ought to be the safest place in the world for women and children. Very soon at his church at First Baptist of Dallas, they are having Paige Patterson coming to speak. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> no. I mean, you know, here he is speaking on the national level for the SBC, probably saying, I, don't, I haven't seen it, but probably saying, oh, this is terrible. We're going to do something, you know, and then he, yeah. he has Paige Patterson scheduled to speak, legitimately yeah. speak at his church. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry, Don, did you want to add something to that? No, I'm just sometimes words escape you on <laughs> the theatrics of all of this, yeah. right? Saying the right things, but doing absolutely nothing. Right. And it, it makes it hard to record podcasts about it because like I've been sitting on this for, you know, a couple of days thinking about it. And it's, it's, again, it's one of those things where it's like this, every news article I read keeps saying it's a bombshell report or this bombshell. And I'm like, it's not <laughs> like, it's just, it's, it's like, it's like a forced confession of like, yes, this is what it was, but I don't have confidence that this means anything. I don't have confidence that it, that it, that it's going to evoke some kind of change because it's not new information. It's new information, I think, to the like Southern Baptist lights. I think like the people that attend, you know, some of these churches who, you know, don't stick their nose into anything outside of like a Sunday service, they're not going to know. But like for anyone, anyone who's a faithful SBC person knows this, like I, I think at this level, I mean, do you think that's right? I mean, I'm not a Southern Baptist no, at this point, so... Yeah. The, well, I wouldn't say actually the people at our church were totally glued. Nobody. I still, no. I don't think they follow any of this. No. Um, but because they just consider, oh, we're part of that, but we're not, you know, because we're right. autonomous. autonomous. So it's yeah. that whole attitude of this isn't me, this is them. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think that the thing that was shocking, the only thing that was shocking and new, and it's still not shocking. Is was that they were recording it? What that they mm -hmm. had their list? That that does shock me a little bit. I and again, 
So I was not shocked that they were aware. I was shocked that there was an actual list because, because they're so focused on self-preservation, the fact that they'd have a paper trail of like this is weird. Um, so I was surprised there was a formal list, but I wasn't surprised like the why they had it. I wasn't surprised that they were protecting themselves. It was like, I was surprised they had an Excel spreadsheet with, with a list yeah. of the things they were covering up. So that seems like a big mistake. You but know. there's so much documentation, even yeah. for this report. I mean, they really felt untouchable. Yeah. They yeah. really thought that, that they could. I mean, I, I think they, they kept it hidden to a degree, but there were so much coming out that it, you know, was so obvious. I really think they just thought, yeah, like they no big deal. We have this recorded. This doesn't mean we're, we're not responsible. Yeah. yeah. And it comes down to that level of disregard for, for the, you know, the, at the end of the day, it's about people, right. Mm-hmm. And these things affect real people. And, you know, taking Krista, you know, Krista Brown's story, you know, of, of how she had been literally battling this for years and years before yeah. we were, you know, we were even aware of it. Um, and just to see it documented, you know, every story seems right till you hear another mm-hmm. story, right? And and we heard Krista's story in her book and we're like, oh, this is terrible. And then to see the flip side of it, that they were aware of her story, they'd given you know, kind of credence to her story and that they were actively, you know, working to shut her down, you know, seeing that other side of it, it, it was, it was very discouraging. It and not a, informing the church where her abuser is still, was still active yeah, for so many years. Just a, a deliberate <clears throat> decision to do nothing, you know, mm-hmm. not help and support those who have been harmed through the actions of, of these people. It was, it was disgraceful. Right. Well, with, with this idea of the Southern Baptist church being untouchable, um, you know, you, you mentioned that I sit here going, you know, and I do this with the independent Baptist world as well. You know, I get this feeling of like, they kind of seem like they are (laughs) because at a certain point, what more can you say? You know, and I, I look at, like I mentioned, Ashley Easter 2019 versus now saying the exact same thing on, uh, television channel you know we look at the work you're doing this these a lot of these names are already out there there's many names that weren't that will be added i'm sure um you know there's there's names that you know i've i've shared stories of you know that are adjacent to the sbc you know it's like the information's been out there not on this level i don't think the national you know the cnn reaches further than ours um but at this point, do you have a sense that there's any kind of shift in the average SBC churchgoer? Like, are, are, do, you, do you expect there to be some kind of fallout from this? Or do you think it's going to be kind of forgotten in the next couple of weeks? Like, what's your, what's your finger on the pulse on this? You're I'm choosing, yeah. you're going optimistic yeah. or pessimistic? I'm super pessimistic all the yeah. time about it. I just... Yeah. But... Who I knows? guess there's always hope. Yeah, there's hope. I mean, you know, to be fair, we were already approached by one state mm. level SBC entity um, wanting to get on board with creating and maintaining their own database, which mm. is encouraging. That's just, progress. Just yesterday. Yeah, that was yesterday. So, so, you know, look, it's something, right? Maybe mm. on a micro level, some of the entity state level and, and maybe yeah. even individuals might change right and and there's a hope for that organizationally you know i'm very skeptical that this is going to change anything you know at the high up levels of sbc well and i was really put off by i read the recommendations i didn't read the whole report dom's really going through it with fine tooth comb but i read the beginning parts and the recommendations and one of the recommendations is that they would make a database available to churches in there and i was like no, like making it available to churches sounds like it's going to be a membership based, you know, if you're a member, you'll have access to the database. But once again, that's the leadership having access. It's protecting still the leadership versus me going into a church and saying, you know, hey, I'm going to put my daughter in this nursery. How does this church handle this stuff? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's not a publicly available and they'll probably, I wish that we could talk to them about the legal aspects, but 
you know, if you're going to go strictly with protecting yourself and what the lawyers suggest, they obviously are going to suggest what's the least risky for you. Yeah. And that's what lawyers do. They try to protect you because you're paying them to do that. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that's what's morally right. And there is a risk. And we, we're taking a huge risk doing yeah. what we do. There's always right. a But are children worth it? I mean, you're huge. You have plenty of money. Yeah, right. You need to face this. You need to take on the risk because yeah. you did this. You harmed yeah. people. Yeah. And there's something that's still standing out as a significant need. And that is having some form of entity that is not necessarily controlled by, you know, the SBC mm-hmm. or the IFB or, mm-hmm. or any organizational oversight, right. That can field um, testimonies and stories of survivors that may not have fit within say statute of limitations. Mm-hmm. And there's still a huge, like we're, I believe we're dealing with the tip of the iceberg yeah. and we're still oh, yeah. being contacted by survivors that are like, look, this happened to me. And there, there isn't a blasted thing I can do about this. And the person's right. still in the pulpit. They don't know how to, because our database right now, we do require some form of documentation. Yeah. Um, and that's a, such a hard thing because a lot of people Unless you really talk through it with them, they don't even understand what documentation could be like. We're not talking. You have to have a newspaper story, you know, but but and then some people don't have for child sexual abuse. There's almost never evidence unless you have an email screenshot or something. But years ago, if it happened 20 years ago, there wasn't even email. Right. There there isn't documentation. And it's so hard. Well, well, and there's also this like I, I took a screenshot and I'll. I'll share my screen, even though this always ends up being a a total mess when I start sharing screens. But like I was looking at, you know, one of the charges I was going through and finding all the independent Baptist names that were associated with the list. And there's so many stories that I've come across like this. This is one of the redacted names for those that can't see it. But it says in 2004, blank pastor of blank church described as a compound was charged with sexual assault of two teen girls. The charges were later dropped after the accuser stopped cooperating, fearing for her and her family's safety. So like this person's name is redacted because it can't be like, there was no follow through on it, but the story from the, you know, the children involved is that we're scared for our safety. We're scared for our family going up against this guy. So like, what category do we put these people in, you know? And again, putting my like Christian hat on for a second or my Bible hat on for a second, it's like, isn't this where like the above reproach thing comes into play? Like where you've got somebody who's been, accused by two different teenage girls, but who are now saying they're scared for their own safety. Like how do we protect those people? You know? And it's, again, I think this is something where, like you mentioned, there's the legal thing to do, like the, the safe legal thing to do, I should say, but then it's like, what's the right thing to do. And I, I just, I think in the independent Baptist world, like how many times I've heard stories of, you know, kids that come from a, family with, you know, one single mom, there's drugs in the house. Like they're, you know, they have no resources available and they have to somehow stand their ground against a multi-million dollar church with a pastor who has half the community behind him. Like the odds are not in their favor in those cases. And so, you know, again, this is something that I think everybody has their own, I guess, uh, risk tolerance with this stuff of like what they want to do, what guidelines they put in place. How do you handle potentially false allegations, which is such a small percentage of allegations, you know? And again, I just, I, I look through the the list of redacted names. I'm like, how many are currently in ministry that we don't see? Like how many names do we recognize going through that list? Uh, It's just, it's, it's just difficult to, to reconcile that. And, And, and also like, Nobody has more money to to go through litigation than the SBC. That's <laughs> like, the thing. That's what drives us nuts because we are constantly weighing our risks with it. Are we going to yeah. take, you know, put this entry up, not, you know, yeah. whatever. And it's like, and we're on polar opposite. I'm always the one that's like, do it. <laughs> Dom's like, but we can't lose everything. I'm like, I know. Yeah, so it's just, like, and it's not, and his thing is also like, it's not our job. Like, like I know, but nobody's doing it. 
It is yeah. their job. It is their responsibility. Yeah. It is their legal and financial risk to take. Yeah. yeah. And I don't, Yeah, you know, in our circumstance, and maybe you've been through the same thing, maybe not, you know, getting cease and desist lawyer emails and messages and, and letters. And, you know, they, they, they come out swinging yeah, like they're do. lawyers, you know, yeah. if you put something out there that says, you know, pass or blah, 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 did blah, 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 X number of years ago, you know, their lawyers go for the throat and mm. that, that just should not be, I mean, core tenets of Christianity, you know, what side do you believe, you know, Christ would be on, would he be on the side of these, you know, ravenous frothing at the mouth lawyers, or would he be behind, you know, the people that have been legitimately yeah. harmed right. and abused. Right. So where do we go from here? Cause there's a list of recommendations, you know, and this is probably the question. I mean, this is a question that everybody's asking, you know, and I think some, some are asking cause they have to now you've got the president of SBC that's like now in damage control mode, you know, and saying, well, we got to figure out, get to the bottom of this, you know? Um, but there's also people I think who are sitting there going like, what do we want to see happen? So you've been working on a list. I agree. There should be some independence in how the list is managed. Like I don't feel comfortable with a curated list uh, uh, created by the people that have been covering it up. Um, what would you like to see happen? Like if you were going to write a list of recommendations as people that have been doing this for a while, like what would you want to see on that list and what actions would you like to see taken over the next year or so? We would, we would probably have very different opinions on this, actually. How long? First, you go and first, then you can. Okay. So I would say definitely a fully public list, fully publicly available, no fee charged, no, you know, obstacle of any kind to get to this information, first of all. Mm -hmm. And yes, include allegations that have any kind of credibility whatsoever. Um. Legally, the CDA 230 would cover uh, the reporting of allegations. I mean, it's what covers you for doing your podcast. It's what covers us. It's it's reporting people's stories that should be covered under the law. I'm not saying no one's going to try to sue them, but no. they're going to have a standing because of CDA 230 that you can report people's what their testimony, what they have said. And it doesn't fall back on you as the reporter You're of the information content provider. Well, and and like somebody ex mentioned this to me, uh, who's a lawyer too. And, and, you know, he just said, anybody can sue anybody. You know what I mean? Like it, that doesn't mean that you're inherently in the wrong. When you receive a letter saying you're being, you're being threatened with a lawsuit, which is what you're going to get first. Yeah. Like, Anybody can do that. Anybody can write a cease and desist. That doesn't mean that you're automatically guilty of something or that you've right. done something wrong. It's it's on. their first roadblock to getting you to stop. And most people do stop when they get that first cease and desist. So I want to mention that for anybody who's hesitant to share someone's story or is nervous about repeating a story. Like there's first of all, I always tell people to share the story. I'm like, I'm gonna get sued before you do um at this right. point. But also, you know, one of the things like it's a lawsuit, a, a threat of a lawsuit doesn't mean that you're already in the wrong or that legally you've done something like there's a long process to work that out. And so much is covered under free speech. So much is covered under, you know, that's like you said, documenting and reporting. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say, so I would recommend that they consult with lawyers who are mm -hmm. experts in that area of the law, yeah. the free yeah. speech, the CDA 230, anti-slap um, is another thing that I'm trying to think of who the person was that got sued that used that, but someone, one of the big advocates did get sued mm -hmm. and, and did an anti-slap lawsuit, which is in a lot of States, they have a law where you can just go right against anything that's considered like a frivolous lawsuit. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a big help too. So look into anti-slap. Yes, that would be the first recommendation. I also agreed with, I don't, I don't have the list in front of me. That's shameful. You should bring the list up of the recommendations. Obviously, training needs to be better and mandatory. Yeah. And I know they can't make it mandatory because of the structure. I don't know what the answer is to that. But the thing that they can do, absolutely, another thing that's coming up is recording the ordinations. Mm -hmm. 
And I w- I'm going to do a blog post on this soon because I, I want to d- show the documentation of the back and forth of what I went through trying to get a certain pastor's ordination revoked. Mm-hmm. I was helping a victim who has been working with the you know, executive committee, everyone, all the high ups for years, she's been working with for this mm-hmm. and asked me to get involved and help. And I helped her contact a pastor. It, it went, I'm going to explain it all in the blog article better, but it came down to, in the end, I was put in contact with Travis Wissow. And I don't even know if I'm saying that correctly, but he was, um, I, I don't have my information again right on it, but he if you if you Google him, you'll find it. But he was somehow in the executive committee and he was kind of in charge of abuse, the issue of abuse. And I just brought my concerns to him about this particular offender and how he is, you know, still out there. He still has an ordination. Mm-hmm. Um, we're trying to get it revoked. How can we do I and I said, I know I've researched enough now and been through the mill with another couple pastors for months. The only way to get an ordination revoked, according to the SBC, is to have it revoked by the originally ordaining church. Mm-hmm. Well, many of those don't even exist anymore. Mm-hmm. And if they do, in the in the case that we were dealing with, the church did exist, but nobody presently there remembered this guy or knew of him. So they refused to, and there was no record. They had no record of his ordination because nobody records it. Um, And so they were like not willing to deal with it. And then we found the pastor who had originally ordained that pastor who wasn't at the church anymore, but he's still alive. He's in his nineties and he wasn't willing to do anything. He felt that it was the church's responsibility as an entity, not his personal. So nobody wanted to take responsibility. And again, it wasn't recorded anywhere. Um, There are some amazing articles written that I'm going to link to in this blog post that I do that um, one author said a a ham sandwich could be ordained in the SBC church. And that's so true. Like there there is zero qualifications. And we didn't know that as SBC members for 12 years, we, you just assume that if someone's a pastor, they've been through some sort of training or they know, you assume they've been to seminary. No, there are no, no, have to be. no qualifications whatsoever. Any Joe blow off the street can come in. And if he's charismatic enough and good with people and knows the Bible somewhat, he can be ordained. Which is even a requirement. Like yeah. if the board likes someone, the they can ordain someone. them. And, no. you know, that played out in in the church where I was on the board of, you know, we didn't dig deep. We didn't, yeah. nor did we have to before we would ordain someone. I mean, yeah. that's a whole nother, I think, issue is the ordination process within Baptist churches. And the, and the hard thing is because of the structure of the SBC, can they enforce, they can't enforce anything. They can't enforce, you know, that a church have certain requirements to, become ordained they can't and but they can't keep a record of ordination somehow at least try and and also the idea that they can't do something like that yeah isn't 100 percent accurate because when they want something to happen at a wide scale they can make it happen very quickly you know and um it it Again, it's their organization. So it's like the idea that they can't require churches in their organization to have mandatory background checks, or they can't enforce that people have to, the, the people who decide what they can and can't do are them. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, it's like the idea that, oh, we can't keep track of this, you know, like obviously they could, or the idea that as, you know, as soon as a woman becomes a pastor or a child, yeah, they're LGBT quick to say you're out. Yeah. Yeah. They immediately, that's, they're out. So they do know they, they say, okay, you're out because you're this or that. So yeah, there's more they can do. And to say that still, this just gets me to say that information infringes on autonomy just kills me. I'm like, how? No, it doesn't. If I warn you that there's a tornado, you know, I just heard a tornado warning in your town. 
And I call you and tell you, Eric, I just saw, you know, on the news, there's a tornado warning. Are you aware of it? You know, I'm not like abusing you and controlling you by telling you that. I'm saying, I found some information that you need to know for your own good and you can make your best decision fine if the churches still want to hire the child molesters when they know it's a child molester. Well, then it's on them. But giving people information is not ruining their autonomy in any way. Right, right. Well, I, I guess the last thing I'll ask on this is, you know, there's so many people who have historically, I think, dropped the ball on this. I mean, there's people that have made my, I'll say minor efforts, you know, the JD Greer's, you know, initiating these task forces, which I think personally, so I'll say this is my personal opinion, so I don't get sued for saying this as a fact. My personal opinion is like, that was more PR than anything. Um, I, I think- Yeah, I I think, you know, same with Albert Mueller coming out now and trying to, you know, he's taking this kind of faux responsibility of like, I've been in this, this is a movement near and dear to my heart, but not, he's basically advocating any responsibility that he would have on his part. Um, Are there any people, you mentioned someone reached out to you from one of like the, the state, you know, level version of SBC. Is there anybody else that's giving you like a modicum of hope of like, okay, this is something that's ch- changing. There's some good leadership on the horizon. Cause to me, it seems like there's not much of a shakeup in who's already there. My opinion is that they need to shut the doors like, of the, of the yeah. SEC. Like it yeah. just needs to end and be shut down, but I'm, I doubt that will happen. I think that's what should happen. No. I don't think you give people second chances who have harmed children to this degree. No. At all. Yeah. And and I didn't like I let you go and I didn't answer, but yeah. I mean I, I I'm gonna come back to there needs to be some type of I, I should have used the word organization because that implies that there is some tie to the SBC, which you know, the SBC SBC should be funding some organization that is external and not controlled by the SBC. Um, And I'm going to use, you know, the, the example of rate, my professor, some type of Mm -hmm. organization or service like rate, my professor needs to exist to field allegations Mm -hmm. against anyone within, you know, the SBC as an example, but I'm going to open that up to like all Baptists, IFB, you know, conservative Baptist, and and why stop there? Why not, you know, Presbyterians and, yeah. and Catholicism? Well, clergy. I mean, clergy in general. I mean, this is clearly not something that's got one specific yeah. denomination. And there you go for everyone who always says, oh, you only talk about the IFB. I'll say again what I've said a million times. This The issue is the people. And, they're in, you know, you mentioned conservative Baptist network. Many of those guys who are in that part or that camp of the SBC are former IFB. Like many people, I, I know a missionary who was, who visited our church in the IFB, who's now like, we're conservative Southern Baptists. It's the same thing, you know? Um, but yeah, I agree. Some kind of site like that would be, would be helpful. I didn't want to cut you off, but I wanted to say that like, it's, it's a get caught in one of those. They just moved to another one. Yeah. Well, the church rebrands as, yeah. you know, our church at Oakwood was conservative Baptist. Now mm-hmm. it's SBC. I mean, there will be something else next week. Yeah. Yeah. These games have got to end and taking that as a, you know, kind of the higher level or the big picture, you know, the single pane of glass, I think is, is absolutely critical to allow survivors of abuse to be able to bring these allegations up to be heard and listened to without that, that thread of, you know, pastor, blah, blah, blah. And his army of lawyers, you know, are going to come against you. Like there, yeah. there needs to be some protection for these people so that they can share their stories. So as to protect others, that's right. kind of my answer. Well, and, and, you know, in the IFB, they have the Christian law association, you know, and I would love to see some variation of that for people who are still within the SBC or in, I would like to see some variation of that, that is using those funds for victims, <laughs> you know, like the, the Christian law association defends churches, 
But, you know, I look at like Faith Baptist Church in Wildemar, where I was just at a protest like last week, you know, the Christian Law Association is protecting the church against decades of allegations with seven or eight victims that have actually come forward with, you know, actually pursuing a lawsuit. That's not counting all the ones that don't want to touch one because of the issues I mentioned earlier, but it's like the SBC, why is there not, we have this Lottie Moon offering, you know, why is there not an offering for a fund for survivors legal fees or why isn't there an, an offering for you know funds for protection of those who do come forward against people i mean you look at stuff like prestonwood baptist church like i would be intimidated to go on a as a one man mission to to share my story you know like that's these are massive churches that are being mentioned you know so on a yeah. tiny side trail and just say how much the Lottie moon offering ticks me off though because <laughs> Oh, episode two. Here we go. Just real quick. In the name of a female pastor. Mm-hmm. She was a female pastor. At least she was good enough for foreigners. So well, that's when that's, your, that's the only people that women can preach is to, to foreigners yeah. on the mission field. <laughs> oh, that just that that. And then but she's good enough for them to use to raise millions of dollars every year. Yeah. In her name. Right. And and that never occurred to me when we were in Southern Baptist Church. I'm like, no, women aren't supposed to be pastors. No. We have a lot of moon offering. It just doesn't connect and all the, until it does. And then you're no. like, right. how right. hypocritical can this be? Oh. Yeah. Well, at this point, you still have your database. I know you're adding heavily to it over the last week. Uh, I think we're all running on margaritas and coffees uh, right now. So, um, you know, how can people find you? How can people support what you're doing? Um, And, you know, if they want to reach out and find out more about what you're doing, what's the best place to do that? Uh, Baptistaccountability.org would probably be the best place. We do have a contact me form on there. We also have a submit an entry form. Um, If you, if you look at the menu, there's a submit an entry listing. There's a contact me there is also a Patreon if you would like to support us financially. At this point, we have never pushed that. We've never asked um, or fundraised or anything. Yeah. It is getting to the point now that it is so overwhelming for the two of us to keep this up. Like, yeah. if we're going to continue, we definitely need help financially yeah. to do that. There were some and this is kind of a side tangent, right? But there were some, I took personal delight in taking the tithes and offerings money that I was funding the SBC with and refunneling that same money into protecting, you know, survivors and, and victims of the abuse. So, exactly, you know, that's how we fund this is through our own, what we used to use, as what we used to money. use as tithes and offerings. That's how this is funded now. Um, it's, it's expensive, you know, mm-hmm. web hosting and, and domains, but, you know, hear me clear on this. I don't want mm-hmm. money. I don't do this for the money. You know, this is something that we're doing to protect people. Like we wish we would have been protected, you know, yeah. when we mm-hmm. had, you know, an abuser in the pulpit. So, you know, give as you want to give, but we are absolutely not asking for money. Yeah. Other than just saying it is getting overwhelming for the two of us, it would be nice yeah, it's to right. be able to have some other help, you right. know, data entry with research. Yeah. Um, yeah like I mean, that. going down to numbers, right. There were 550 names on this, this list that was provided by the FDC, SBC. Redacted. There were 700, but a lot of, those a lot were of them were redacted. I count 550, you know, that may be give or take. Uh, out of 550, 316 were already in our database. Uh, mm-hmm. That leaves 234 that I'm manually importing now. Um, I'm 10% done. And my goal is to have all of the records that were in the SBC database or spreadsheet or data set, you know, have those in, in our, our website you know, in the very near future, but there are other data sources out there, you know, taking preacher boys as an example, you know, to my shame, I still don't have all of the IFB records in there. Um, you know, 
there are other databases out there like MapList, Anglican Watch, etc. I still don't have all of the Stop Baptist Predators records mm-hmm. from Krista's database in there because there's just so much information and it's literally two people doing all this. So mm-hmm. more than money is asking people for help, you yes. know, submitting information through the submit and yeah. an entry form. I mean, that's, that's where there's going to be value in this, and not we, in money. And we are working on streamlining the entry a little bit because it is a little clunky, but, and people get frustrated, but that is just so helpful if people can submit ones that aren't in there. Um, and then we have to approve it to go through. It doesn't automatically, yeah. properly, but it's still, it doesn't, it's an immense help to us. Yeah. Yeah. If anybody's willing to even just scour Google, whatever, compare, is this person in their database? Hey, you know, Pastor Smith, you know, was in the news. I don't see him in this database. I'm going to submit him. That is, that is so helpful. And, And that's more than money because this is true. You know, I don't want anyone to look and say, oh, they're just doing it for the money. I know. That's why we've never fundraised. That is ridiculous. And, you know, I don't want money. I want people to help, Mm -hmm. you know, to put records in. I mean, that's where the value is. And that was what our vision was by, I mean, we advertised it, you know, in the beginning as a, this is a grassroots effort. We're making the platform, but we need you, everyone Mm -hmm. who cares Well, it, enter the it takes a village, you know, like, and, and that's, that's what I, that's what I kept seeing with the, and, I, and that doesn't originate with me. I don't think, um, cause people have, I've heard people say it takes a village to, to abuse a child, you know? And like, I think, um, I think that's what came to my mind. The first thing, when I saw the list, I was like, it took a village to keep this abuse covered up. And I think on the flip side, it takes a village to protect children as well. And I think the more people that can come in, it's why I love that, you know, you do a database, you know, I try my best when I can to update mine. That's like, that's like a side thing of everything that I do. So it's, it's not as aggressively updated as, as I'd like it to be. Um, But it's, you know, but it's, it's something that's there. It's more than what existed before. Um, And, you know, I, I, I encourage everybody. I just, uh, I just became a patron while you're talking. So thanks for giving a long answer. Uh, But, um, (laughs) but, um, but no, for anybody who's listening, like at the end of the day, um, I know there's not a lot of money in advocacy work. Um, I think um, I, I have a I have a pretty good job. I look at you know I, I look at all the different ways people make money. I think the dumbest way would be for me to do the Preacher Boys podcast to become a millionaire. You know that's not going to happen. Um, I, I think since we started two years ago, I'm almost 100 percent sure that we have had donated less than a hundred dollars total. If that's what I'm saying. And and that's okay. That's fine. But we're just saying, we want what you're saying is you want more. No, (laughs) what we're saying is it's unacceptable. We're having an uh, offering right now. And see, and that's, we never want to. No, and I get it. I, I, back and forth of it would help. Yeah. But the help would help more if it, yeah. data would be more helpful. If it's because then we wouldn't have to hire somebody to help us. <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean it's literally yeah. just us entering stuff, and and people have graciously come forward and and helped you know to put records in just oh, yeah. as a volunteer. And that, that is so helpful because mm-hmm. it's no. literally just us maintaining this thing, and you know if it comes to it, like we're financially backing all of this and yeah. we're grateful to do that because it's, it's necessary to do that. And, you know, if, if push came to shove, it's more important that people would submit records yeah. than donate money. You know, Absolutely. we're, we're grateful for both. We're, you know, we're doing this regardless if, you know, if it came down to that, we're still going to do this, but that's what helps us as people entering records. Well, look, I'm going to say what you can't say, which is if you're listening to this um, support in both ways. I, I think that um, again, like I said, I, I mean, <laughs> I know for myself, like this is a full-time job, like, and I, and I, and uh, I know for you, it's a full-time job, especially, and, and it, it, it ebbs and flows. Like, I'm not saying that, you know, I'm, you know, but there's, There's plenty of 60 hour weeks, you know, that come in randomly. Um, And so, you know, I think like any, 
job. I, I don't have, and I've talked with Ashley Easter about this a lot when I've had her on. I don't think people need to feel bad to be paid for what they're doing. Um, I don't think, you know, and I think how you positioned it, you know, I think if we're looking at saying, putting money toward a multi-million dollar organization, like Southern Baptist convention that is actively covering abuse, me personally, I'd rather take that money and put it toward people who are actively fighting abuse. Um, and so for people listening, like it takes two seconds patreon.com slash Baptist accountability, or you can go to baptistaccountability.org. Like find people that you can support. I didn't even know you had a Patreon until you said it just now and, uh, and Googled it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's in a, and I know it feels wrong. Like I face this all the time. It feels wrong saying, Hey, can you support this? But, but it's at the end of the day too, this takes time away from your actual job. It takes time away from your family. It takes time. You know, I understand that, you know, on a personal level, what that's like. And so for people who are listening, like take the time to support a dollar, $5, $10, take the time to support, uh, submit entries. I you'd be surprised. Well, you wouldn't be surprised. People listening would be surprised how often someone will say, Hey, why is so-and-so not in your list? And I go, cause I've never heard of them, you know, like, People, you, you might assume you have this story that's very personal and deep to you and everyone knows about it. They probably don't. So don't be afraid of submitting a second entry or, or you know, letting yeah. someone know, like it, it, it might be first, first time news for them. So uh, one of the two ways, go in and support, try to help. And uh, also just share, like share this stuff when it goes live, because um, it might help somebody else. But um, I just want to say thank you so much for the work you're doing. We don't talk enough. Um, I know it's because we're busy, uh, but you're another group of names in the the advocacy world that I just feel bad, you know, that it takes these things to connect us again. Um, but I, I really appreciate all the work you're doing. It's it's amazing. Thank, Thank you. Thank we you. really appreciate you too so right. much. Yeah. And it does take a village, right? I mean, mm-hmm. lean on the preacher voice database. You know, we lean on other databases that are yeah. out there that are foundational to what we have done. You know, the uh, Houston Chronicle, you know, their data set, Mm -hmm. Preacher Boys. I mean, it it really does take a village in in this circumstance to raise awareness and to get information out there. So, you know, we appreciate that. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Be sure to head over to baptistaccountability.org or patreon.com slash baptistaccountability to support the work of Dom and Megan Benninger. You're not going to regret it. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll keep you posted as more developments come to this story. Thank you for listening to the Preacher Boys podcast. If you appreciated the content on the show, please leave a review on iTunes. And don't forget to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter with the handle at PreacherBoysDoc. Additional information can always be found on PreacherBoysDoc.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.